Okay, hello everybody. This is Here Comes the Spider Cast number 18, covering November 1981, our first episode of 2020. I'm your co-host, Michael, and as always, I'm joined by Joshua Mervell. And today we're going to be looking at Spider-Man comics from November of 1981. That's right, uh, including, actually comprised of, Amazing Spider-Man 222, Marvel Team-Up 111, and Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man number 60. So we're right. going to start with Amazing Spider-Man number 222, yeah. which thankfully has a guest, uh, guest slot appearance, a writing appearance by Bill Mantlo. It's, it's a great present for the new year, let me tell you. Yes, ya. exactly. <laughs> um, Bill Mantlo, we've come, we've come across him before. He was the former regular writer of Spectacular, right. and he actually replaces Roger Stern when he leaves. So he has, you know, there's plenty of um, Bill Mantlo Spider-Man stories to go around. Mm -hmm. um, and the guest art is by Bob Hall, who 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 did a few. Um, he, was, he was never really a superstar, but he did some of the issues of uh, Squadron Supreme. He, he kind of floated around Marvel for like the 70s and 80s, and then he ended up going to um, Valiant Comics and doing uh, Shadow Man. And if anyone's oh, okay. interested, I've interviewed him. Yeah, I've interviewed him. He's really nice. I interviewed oh. him at um, the Michigan Comic Con in 2018, so I'll attach that link in here somewhere. But anyway. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see that. Yeah, for sure. So this is definitely a change of pace from the usual Denny O'Neill stories, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's really kind of fresh. Uh, right. Peter Parker feels like Peter Parker again. Um, uh, we get a really kind of fun villain uh, that exactly. has a little bit more depth than normal. And uh, Spider-Man has to kind of problem solve to figure out how to defeat him rather than it ending in a big fist fight like usual. Right. So and, it was a nice yeah. switch up for sure. And it doesn't feel like Bill Mantlo is just like filling time. It feels like he actually had a plan going in, right? Like, yeah. So basically we have this character, <clears throat> pardon me, called the Speed Demon, who right. I've seen before, but I didn't realize this is actually the wizard. The wizard. <laughs> yeah. This is, so to make a long story short, there was a Golden Age character called the Wizard. He was kind of an imitation of the Flash, right? So mm -hmm. this is Marvel's version of the Flash. Then in the 60s, Marvel introduced the Squadron Sinister, who were an evil homage to the Justice League. Right. Then, then they introduced this, the Squadron Supreme, who were an alternate Earth good version of the Justice League. Right. And so now this is the evil wizard who's changed his name to the Speed Demon. Yeah, it... I'm I'm really happy for him that he's changed his name. Yeah, I guess it's a little bit better than the Wizard. What right? an unfortunate <laughs> name, the Wizard. I I, I this is better than the Pisser. Right? That, I guess so. I mean, he even has like a giant yellow arrow on his forehead that's pointing down. That's a good point. Like, yeah, <laughs> that it's so Yikes. such so such an unfortunate uh, name. So I innocent times, right? Yeah, I think it's a good rebranding for this dude. <laughs> right. So one thing that's kind of cool about him, one of his defining characteristics is that he's really arrogant. Like, mm -hmm. so basically the, the story starts off with him robbing kind of like a jewelry store and then Spider-Man tries to stop him, but he can't. But then once uh, Spider-Man kind of like loses the battle, he's running away and he says, yeah, I've got my sights set on robbing the biggest department store in town in broad daylight. And Spider-Man says, and you're telling me? And he says, well, why not? I know there's no way you can stop me. 
So it's kind of cool, right? right? It just makes him a little bit different from the usual run-of-the-mill villain. Yeah, and, and I mean, he's cocky and he wins, too. Like, that's the right, that's right. the good thing about it, I think, is that, like, they gave him a little bit of a reason to be so cocky as nobody's been able to defeat him yet. Uh, right. And even Spider-Man seems to be no match. So mm-hmm. Peter Parker really has to kind of think about what he's going to do and plan this uh, uh, this victory out ahead of time mm-hmm. to kind of defeat this guy. And it was right. it was fun. There's a lot of like corny, cheesy writing in it um, with some yes, of the stuff gonna, he does. Uh, yeah. But I think it works. Like I don't, I don't, I didn't hate it. No, like uh, again, like uh, when I was reading, if I would have read this when I was a kid, I would have loved it. Yeah, you know? Th- this is exactly what I was looking for at that age. Like here we go on page four. There is some bad dialogue at the <laughs> top left. The gang leader, he's getting away in the armored car. The motor was left running. Spider-Man, I'll reach him and I'll never reach him in time. Still, there's more than one way to skin a fur snatcher. He's like 10 feet away from the truck, but he says he can't catch him. Right. So, and again, ideally all that information that the crowd gave would have been shown in the visuals, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's a minor quibble. There's a few moments like that, but overall, I'm not going to complain. And I, I think that Bob Hall's art works with this style of writing. Like, yeah. it's very clear, straightforward storytelling, you know? And, and, and I will say, too, I actually really enjoy this opening that we get. Sure. Uh, we get an introduction of Spider-Man, and we see kind of how he works and how he deals with everyday mm-hmm. robbers sure. and thieves. So it it makes like it makes sense in, in the uh, build-up to the wizard or uh, speed demon makes like has a good payoff we see that right, he, right. It's, he's, he's no he like what am I trying to say he it's no like big deal for him to stop somebody sure. like yep, a, yep. you know a cat burglar so when he comes along uh, it really shows you how difficult and like how good mm-hmm. this guy is right and it right. really kind of makes him a good match for Spider-Man yep I agree and and we and don't then, have to like stop to explain who Spider-Man is again, like they do in a lot of comics, where it's like a reintroduction over and over again. With this sure. small little like subplot at the beginning, mm-hmm. we kind of get everything we need to know. We get he's fast, he uses his webs, he's got his he uses his spider sense, like he kind of goes through the motions of who Spider-Man sure. is, and then we jump right into uh, Speed Demon after that. Yeah, and that's the thing is, again, when I was a kid, the first time I saw the Spider-Sense, it didn't really have to be explained. You kind of just figured it mm-hmm. out as you go along, right? So, yeah, exactly. I mean, even for a kid, there's still a better way to tell the story. I, I think it's better to show, not tell, right? Yeah, for so, sure. So, so it's funny because then Peter, so he doesn't really take the threat seriously. And so he ends up going to, is this Bloomingdale's? Yeah. Um, and then, of course, Speed Demon shows up. And then <laughs> Spider-Man thinks, hot dog, I second-guessed him. He's here. So it's, it, so it's kind of funny because even though he knew he was coming, he didn't really take the warning seriously. So then Speed Demon starts ripping off this Bloomingdale's. And then Spider-Man goes into the change room, <laughs> changes into Spider-Man and comes out. <laughs> and But he he does a good job, though. But it's, it's again, it's like it's one of those things where it seems like in a Denny O'Neill fight scene, and I don't want to just pick pick on Denny O'Neill, but it seemed like the fight scenes were kind of just going through the motions. Whereas here, it seems like Bill Mantlo planned everything out, like each step. Okay, this is going to happen, and that's going to happen. You know, right? Do you agree with that? Yeah, for sure. And I, I mean, it. You can kind of see where they were thinking about, uh, like 
the kind of steps of what Peter Parker would also think of. Like right. he, he he thinks about okay, well he's running fast, so let's try to trip him up on the ground and they he puts oil on the ground and right. he makes it slippery. And then he's like, right. Okay, well he's kind of he, he they set up earlier that he can see extremely well too. Mm-hmm. And then he he has like super sight as well. So uh Spider Man blinds him by spraying perfume in his eyes. So then that right. that's kind of like another thing. So he he's kind of like the writers as Peter Parker were kind of going through the list of like, okay, what are the things I need to, you know, uh, do to defeat this guy? Like, what are his strengths? Okay. Let's knock them out one by one. And then at the end, Peter Parker ends up defeating him. So they, they set it up at the beginning. And then at the end, Peter Parker has a way to, you know, counter those abilities that he has. So it's really fun. Right. Right. And smart. Mm -hmm. So, um, (laughs) So basically, yeah, so it, it's kind of going on. So he does eventually end up defeating him, but it takes a while. Yeah. Um, but there's also the running subplot of Peter um, not having good photos of Speed Demon. <laughs> right. Which, which is kind of a running subplot in almost every Spider-Man story. But in, in at the end of the story, he ends up getting one. But of course, J. Jonah Jameson is not happy. Hates because it, yeah. Makes, he makes Spider-Man look good, right? <laughs> yeah, it's so, great. So yeah, it's a good little wrap up. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and the thing is, is... It's done in one, and so for a single-issue fill-in story, it's fine, right? Yeah, for sure. And the ending doesn't seem as abrupt, too, because, one, it's not one panel at the end of the story. Right, right, It's a full page. And on top of that, this kind of uh, whole subplot was set up at the beginning with uh, Peter Parker not having good pictures of the Speed Demon because he's moving so fast. So to have that be the ending, you already kind of – got the first half of it earlier on so we just kind of wrap that up which wraps up both stories at the same time and it's really a really satisfying ending i thought exactly it's it's set up and payoff right so he he solves the 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 main plot and the subplot with one action basically it's great right smart one last thing uh I noticed that I really liked about this issue and it just kind of added to the intention of detail for me mm-hmm. was uh, above the water cooler on the last page uh, you actually see a sign that's posted on the bulletin board that says no dawdling oh, and that's it's hilarious. signed by J. Jonah Jameson that's freaking great which is really great and then uh, if you notice in the picture that Peter Parker took of Spider-Man be- uh, beating the, the uh, speed demon uh, okay. it says the ultimate jogger so it looks it looks like wow, it's like never, a sign for Yeah, uh, I never noticed that. Yeah. So I, I just love the the attention to detail in this issue and uh yeah, it's a lot of fun. I definitely recommend it. It could be because they're not the regular team, they're putting in extra effort, you know, like maybe Denny O'Neill was tired out by this point. I don't know. Probably. And I mean, to be fair though, it doesn't feel like Denny O'Neill was really in it to, to begin with. To begin with, ever, yeah. you're right. Okay. So. All right. So that brings us to Marvel team up number one eleven, and you can oh take it boy. from here, Josh. Yeah, this one <laughs> uh, was something, huh? Yeah, it was a comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good way to put it. It was a comic. Uh, it's 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 kind of a bummer too because I feel like the premise is kind of cool, and if they mm. would have used Spider Man in a, the proper way, it would have fit fine. Right, um, right. But we have uh, Spider Man in this one teaming up with the Devil Slayer. Which I'm not too familiar with. No, I I think the I only remember I think he had a really good entry in Marvel Universe, but that's about all I know about him. Right. So I assume he's very much like very similar to Doctor Strange because he 
he pretty much acts like Doctor Strange and kind of has that same master of the mystical arts feel to him. Uh, yeah, to him. I'm. I don't really know. I don't really know anything about him to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, but we start off with a uh, with Spider Man having a brain, like a, a heart attack or something like that, or a b- blood vessel burst in his brain, and he dies, or so he thinks he does. He thinks he dies. Yeah, and he uh, he meets Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. And this angel is talking to him, and it turns out that it's this lizard folk, this lizard dude in disguise, right. and the right. de- the devil slayer comes and saves him, and he explains that there's these ancient beings that are these lizard people, and they're looking to get this snake idol, and they need Spider-Man alive. He needs to be the one to go get it. They've captured all these other heroes, and they've tried, but they failed along the way, and they have them all captured. So uh, Devil Slayer recruits Spider-Man to go steal this uh, idol before they can, and then go and free all of the superheroes. And it turns out that the entire time, the Devil Slayer has also been uh, a lizard person in disguise. And when they <laughs> go to the hideout... They Spider-Man frees all the other heroes, including the real Devil Slayer, and they all defeat the lizard people at the end of the day. And I don't know it. It well <sighs> for for starters, it's not to me really a Spider-Man story, right? Like no, it feels like they could have fit. They could have just stuck any character in this story; it would have been almost exactly the same. For sure. I mean, even if you look at the fact that they have the spider demon like they're they're fighting a spider demon mm-hmm. and that's the excuse that they use that they need spider-man but right they've used all of these they've tried to use all these other superheroes before and they failed and the only thing that's needed from spider-man is to take this idol from this giant spider demon statue mm-hmm. and when he starts taking it uh the statue starts moving and attacking him and the Devil Slayer says, don't move, stay completely still, and then take it. And he does. Mm-hmm. He stays still, the statue stops moving, and he he's able to take this idol away. There, there's nothing special about it. Right, 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 that, right. That, you know, points to, like, we need Spider-Man to do this. Sure. Or nobody else can. It, it's really weird that they chose to, like, specifically say, we need Spider-Man to take this. Like, there's no mm-hmm. reason. Anybody could have done it. Right, like yeah, yeah. I mean, it's possible this was just a defender story that was laying around, and yeah, Demetrius used it for Spider-Man, right? For yeah, for up. sure. I mean, like, it does it have to do with the Spider Demon? Like, the, even the Spider Demon, there's no like consequences for it being specifically the Spider Demon. It could have been any demon, right? And it would have worked. They could have had the Fist Demon, and Iron Fist could have been the the person to right, come. Right. like. It doesn't make any sense, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure. This this entire thing is very confusing. Right. And like for starters, I really hated that opening sequence with Uncle Ben. I really hated it. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's always just over- weird when they kind of retread that Uncle Ben right, thing. Right, it's just exploiting it. Right? Yeah, and it's, I think it's fine for Peter Parker to have those moments where he thinks about Uncle Ben and kind of yeah. has those. But like to bring him back i guess this one's not too bad because it ends up being just to manipulate spider-man it's not really him coming back but sure but it's even to be honest it's even cheap the way they handle it even in that respect because at one point spider-man says uh where is it here um 
Oh, geez. I wish I could find it. But it basically says, you know, I don't know if Uncle Ben is real or not, but right now I don't care. And it's like, yeah, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't even have yeah. tried to tackle he this says, subject if you weren't going to handle it properly. It's on original page four. He says, Mr. I don't know if that was Uncle Ben. And at the moment, I don't care. And he tackles right. the Devil Slayer. Yeah. But just... if you think I'm going to stand by and let you get away with cold-blooded murder. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. yeah, and then it, like before you condemn me, Spider Man, look at what look at, at the being you've just slain, and of course it's a lizard man. It was it was a, it was a lizard folk that could transform. Right, it's just to me that was really lame. Just a yeah, waste. and the thing is too. So how how did they know that he was Peter Parker? Exactly. Like the, See what I mean? <laughs> like they they explain it that they explain that the Devil Slayer can know because he has the ability like his cloak has the ability mm. to read other people's minds and kind of get details but then we learn mm. it's not actually the devil slayer it's just a lizard person right 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 so right. how did the lizard person do that yep it's just like it doesn't really make sense uh I'm, i don't know i'm not sure what they're thinking and we should also point out the artist by herb trimpey who we've talked a lot about the past few months mm -hmm. again it's serviceable art but it kind yeah. of gives it that slightly i don't know like off quality to it like it doesn't right. quite feel like it, a spider-man comic it, it's i think that the art is really good when it's good and then bad with it when it's bad like that's right. that's the best way i could put it i, I think i've said this a couple yeah. of times already but i think that the stuff that works really looks good and then there's mm -hmm. other things that feel really out of place and disproportionate and off right absolutely so um, it's yeah he's very hit or miss i find right I mean, there's, you know, there's a cool, one cool thing on paid digital 16, original 15, okay, where they're kind of at the entrance to this, uh, it's like, it's like a subway. Right. Like whatever, a sewer a or something. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a cool shot of them kind of looking through yeah. and seeing the guys coming. You know, that's kind of an interesting shot. I mean, there's no doubt that Herb Trimpey knows what he's doing. It's just that I think, like I've said before, he doesn't really go try to make it pretty he's just telling the story so yeah. it's like you said sometimes it's good and sometimes it's just bad you know yeah for sure so yeah and then unfortunately it ends on a weird note of spider-man yeah. um apparently being bit by one of the serpents and then dr strange informing him that he's gonna die right and then spoiler alert we know spider-man doesn't die ever so it's kind <laughs> of not much of a cliffhanger you know right and the thing is i don't even remember him being bitten do you no no it's one of those again jm dimitius his stories are really dense so sometimes i miss stuff and i have to go back and try and find it no and i couldn't really find when he was bit so okay yeah <laughs> i just thought that was really weird i had to go back and kind of reread it because and like try to skim through the panels to see if that if i had just missed it but right i still couldn't really find it so i don't know um it, it's interesting i guess like if you're making the superhero kind of unkillable and unbeatable and he's like always kind of coming up on top, it's interesting that it's not like a super villain that's going to just outright kill him and giving him like sure. a blood disease. Like that's that's something, right? And then we have like time with him as he's going through this and it's not just like a death. Sure, sure. Uh, so it's kind of interesting, I guess. Like it could be fun. So we'll see what mm -hmm. they do with it. But uh, if it's kind of if it's along the same veins of this comic i don't think it's going to be as as great as i'm hoping well also they're they, you know they're referencing king call which is a robert e howard character and i just don't think 
you know, uh, Spider-Man really suits a, a Conan the Barbarian-esque uh, no. milieu, you know, so. Yeah. I don't know. Again, I'm, not, sorry, go ahead. Even for this too, like, I, I think it could be really fun to kind of shove Spider-Man into a story he doesn't belong. Mm-hmm. Like, having that fish out of water aspect where he is kind of jumping from like like jumping through portals and time mm-hmm. and going to different dimensions and these like weird places spider-man has never been that can be really fun uh if you give him a reason to be there sure exactly like if, if there was a specific reason they needed spider-man like mm-hmm. maybe they needed somebody with like quick reflexes to kind of indiana jones like Raiders switch the right, idol for a, exactly. for a bag of sand. You know, like right. they needed somebody fast to do that, or it. You know, it was a long a long pit of lava or something. He has to swing mm-hmm. by. Like, give give me a reason that Spider Man really needs to be there, and they need his help, or else mm-hmm. it doesn't fit. Like he's just kind of along for the ride again, and the story just right. happens to him rather than uh, him. You know, having a purpose to be there. Well, and I think this is kind of evidence of why they eventually canceled Marvel Team Up and replaced it with Web of Spider-Man. Right. Because, uh, like, the, the the quality is too erratic, mm-hmm. and uh, it doesn't really... It never fits with Amazing or Spectacular, right? It, they don't right. really touch on the subplots of, like, Deborah Whitman and his personal life as much in this series. So it was definitely the odd man out of the three monthly Spider-Man books at yeah. this time. So, yeah, I mean, definitely not a bad issue, a fun issue, but I can't... It's definitely not something I would reread again. No, I was just going to say that. I don't think I'm, I'm going to be revisiting this one anytime soon. And not only would I um, not want to reread it, I would definitely not want to re-review it. Okay, so this brings us to Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man number 60. Right. Which is a very special issue for me, but I'm going to explain why later. Okay. First... We'll just talk about the uh, the, the story here. So it, this is a story by regular uh, spectacular writer Roger Stern, yeah, and drawn by Ed Hannigan and inked by Jim Mooney. Now I want to point out that the way that the credits are done this issue, it's a little bit confusing. It's uh, they list all three of those people and then they just say storyteller. So that's kind of just their way of saying, you know, they're all kind of working as a working team, together. Right? Yeah. yeah, but um, I'm not, are you familiar with um Ed Hannigan? No, not very, not very familiar. No. I'm, I don't know much about him, but he was like I always thought he was a decent artist. He he drew the first arc of Legends of the Dark Knight in the '90s. Oh, okay. That's kind of what I know him from, and a couple of really good Spider-Man covers. But then apparently he was, I think he was the art director of DC. I should probably have researched this, but he was the art director of um, DC or Marvel. I'm gonna look it up as we're talking, but okay. he's one of those guys that he was never. Um, really popular, like a superstar. But now that I know that he had such a sort of a lofty position, it makes perfect sense because his art is always solid. Right. It's always good, you know? Um, so I, I'm, just really quickly, I'll just say that apparently he co-created Cloak and Dagger with Bill Mantlo. Oh, okay, among, cool. Yeah, among other things. Uh, he also did the Batman covers from 83 to 85 and he helped launch the Green Arrow. So yeah, he's definitely a Dang, solid wow. artist. Yeah, um, this art was was fine. I thought it was good. Yeah. Um, yeah, like basically, this is following up the continuing story of the Beetle and uh, what's his name, the Gibbon. The Gibbon. And yep. I thought it was you know just as good as the previous issues. Um, you know, I liked following along with the Beetle. Yeah. You know, 
I think this was better than uh, the previous issue, personally. Yeah, the last issue was kind of a fill-in. Yeah, it, it was really just kind of a repeat of everything that happened two issues ago. Right. We were kind of promised this payoff of uh, the Beetle in last issue. We never got it. It was We pretty much you know, went through the comic without him and then got the same cliffhanger at the end that right, the Beetle's going right. to be the next issue. Right. But... Yeah, this feels like a nice conclusion to this uh, to this story, right? Um, and and um, I think this this might be like the most Peter Parker Spider Man has ever been in the comics we've been reading. Uh, yeah, you could say that. I, I really, uh, they really kind of hammered down his uh, the fact that he's like an everyday person, and he always like nothing ever goes perfect for him. Like right. if one thing goes right, another goes wrong. Yeah. Uh, like, it's constant the, throughout this comic, uh, this mm-hmm. issue, I feel. Well, they follow up with the ongoing Deborah Whitman subplot. Right. right. So he runs into her and things seem to be going well. So she invites him over for dinner, but then he shows up and her new boyfriend's there. Right. What is it? Biff Rick, Biff Bi- Rifkin. Biff, yeah. Yeah. And I so always then, think of Biff Tannen. <laughs> Yeah, of course, of course. So, <laughs> uh, then, so then he's watching TV, and then of course, oh, oh he's got to go because he's got to, you know, fulfill his Spider-Man duties, right? Yeah. So he's got to ditch Deborah again. And right? you know what though, I I think that this is the proper way to do it. Right, right. He's not he, an asshole. Right. Exactly. He's not a jerk to Deb. He just has to do it. Like the, he's kind of backed into a corner. It's not. Oh, your uncle's in trouble. I really don't have time for that shit, Deb. Honestly, yeah, that, you know what I mean. Like in ditching her, mm-hmm. like he's just a jerk most of the time. Where this is like he's, you know, his hands are kind of tied. Like he's got to go, you know, defeat Beetle or else people will get hurt. Right. So right, he's right. you know forced to do that, and then. um I mean, even before that, he's like him. He has this battle with Beetle and he kind of loses. He doesn't right. really lose, but he kind of has to like get away so he could figure out how the Beetle works and figure out how to defeat him. So mm-hmm. he drops into the sewer. Right. And when he comes back out, he says something like, can this get any worse? And he lifts the uh, the manhole cover I up love and that. a car yeah. drives yeah. over. It's so great. And, I love you know, it. Yeah. That's, you know, squish and like uh-huh. sent right back down into the sewer. It's fantastic. Right. And then we see him like having to take a shower and clean his Spider-Man suit from like the stinky sewer water. And like, it's so, I think it's so well put together. Right. And and also he has to do this at Empire State University. Right. And then there's this guy, what's his name? The coach or whatever. Right. Um, who's kind of like banging on the door and, um, and then they kind of have a little argument. So yeah, like we get some good Peter Parker stuff in this issue. Yeah, know? yeah, for sure. Uh, and then, um, and then jumping back to the then the second fight, it's a little bit silly that the Beetle has uh, tied up the Gibbon on this big X on X, the roof. Yeah. But, but but I do like the fact that the Gibbon is still played off as like he doesn't really want to be there. He doesn't really want to do this. So he's kind of like a, a three dimensional character, right? He's yeah. not just a generic supervillain. So I like that. And I mean, he's not even really a supervillain, I guess. No, like, he's not. No, he was just doing this so he could get some footage for his camera crew. Like he wasn't really trying to defeat Spider-Man or, you know, start a real fight. He just kind of wanted like some footage and uh, he kind of gets thrown into this whole mess. Right, right. Uh, so, yeah, I thought that that was fun, too. Like I, I was kind of expecting not to enjoy him. Sure in this issue but i think that uh it it ended up working pretty well 
Yeah, and once again, Spider-Man wins, but of course the crowd is, turns against them. So we yeah. can never have a clean victory for Spider-Man, right? Right, so. yeah. The, the camera crews are there, but there's interference from the, the Beatles' antennas. Right. So they right. Yeah. they hear Another the cool audio. Yep. Right. They hear the audio, but they don't have any live footage. So mm-hmm. it's broadcasting to everybody this fight, and nobody can see what's going on. And then when it finally... Um, uh, the footage goes back to like a live broadcast. We see that the Gibbon lands the final blow, so everybody thinks that he's the hero, and Spider-Man right. kind of runs away. So at the end, Spider-Man's not a hero again, which mm-hmm. a- again leads to Peter Parker kind of winning at the end of the day, but also losing at the same time. Exactly. So yeah, I thought this was a really fun issue. Uh, art yep. was really good. Um, I would definitely now- recommend it. I don't know what form you read it in, but did you also read the backup story? You know, I I didn't read it fully because I I like kind of skimmed through it and saw that it was just retelling Peter Parker's uh, origin. So I kind of just skimmed sure. it. I didn't read it. Was there something special about it? Oh, very special for me personally. Oh, really? Because this is what happened. Okay, I was gonna like skip it too, but I'm like, you know what? Whatever. This is Roger Stern. I'm gonna read this sucker. Okay. Okay. So I I started to read it, and then I, I've read Amazing Fantasy 15 so many times that I started to kind of skim read. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of things they added in that were okay, but overall the original is always better, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm skimming through, I'm skimming through, and lo and behold, I get to the last page. Okay. Okay. And guess, guess what, Josh? Do you remember one of the submissions of doing this podcast? What my submission was? To finish all of your well, comics that you've been. Yeah, there's there's that. Oh, but there's okay. also the Holy Grail. Do you remember the Holy Grail? No. The Holy Grail is a panel of Spider-Man that I remember seeing as a kid. That I in a comic I once owned, but I sold, and I have been searching for it. For 40 years. Actually, not 40 years. Maybe 35 years. Okay? okay. The last, last panel of this comic is it. Oh, Peter Parker no is standing on the docks, and Spider-Man, the outline of Spider-Man, is, is looking up into the sky in anguish. This is the comic. So this, is the, this solves the mystery. This is the third Spider-Man comic that I had when I was a little kid, and sure enough, it came out between the first and the third. So I definitely bought it, you know, in the same timeline that I bought those other ones. But for some reason, somewhere along the way as a kid, I sold it. Wow. And so I, when I first got like, you know, Marvel Unlimited, like I, I remember going through the last page of like a hundred issues of Spider-Man. I was trying to figure out what this comic was because I knew it was the last panel. Wow. But maybe, maybe I came across this issue, but when I saw that it was... A, re, a redux of Amazing Fantasy 15. You just kind of well, skipped I, it. Yeah, because I thought, well, I know that. Huh. It can't be, so sure enough, here it is. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. And it it's is almost a really a, cool panel, too. Yeah, it is cool, yeah. It's simple, but it, it get, definitely gets the, the message across. It's really and cool. I'll, I'll tell you this. I was so, my brain was so undeveloped. I was probably five years old that my brain didn't understand symbolism. So I thought, the first, you know, why is Spider-Man also in the sky? Oh, I see. So th- <laughs> this helped teach my brain to understand symbols and, right. you know, abstract ideas and stuff like that. So thank you, Roger Stern and Greg LaRock, right? Dang, that's awesome. So, yep. 
So yeah, this is the other holy grail um, was, um, what was it called? Atlantis Chronicles by Peter David, okay? I had bought random issues when I was a kid and then I, I could never find number seven of Atlantis Chronicles, okay? Okay. It took me 22 years to finally find it, okay? Wow. And then it was one of those ones where as soon as I found it, I found 10 more at every convention I went to, of course. <laughs> And then within a year, they reprinted the thing in hardcover, and so now anyone can get it. But right. it was a fun little quest, you know, a little side quest. But anyway. So anyway, yeah, I, obviously I recommend this issue. Yeah. Um, it was a, you know, it, not only do you get a good Spider-Man story, you get, you know, if you want a redux of the origin, it's they've also got that too. Although the original, yeah. like we said, is better. Um, yeah, for sure. We didn't mention the cover. What do you think of this cover by Frank Miller? It's okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. I like it. I actually really like it, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think it's pretty cool. I think that I'm just not a big fan of the shading. Sure, sure. I think that I personally like uh, line work, sure. and it's it's really kind of missing here. And you're kind of shown like the the shape of Spider-Man through the lighting. Sure, sure, but. The shadows are kind of broken up and shaded a little weird. I don't know. I, I don't hate it, but I yeah. think that it's just not my favorite. For me, uh, bec- I, I'm, a, I'm a Frank Miller fan, but I'm not as big a Frank Miller fan as other people. And mm. I actually think this works better for him because his anatomy is never perfect. Right. So it's almost like he's hiding his lack of technical skill with okay. his with his. Um, excelling in abstract, you know, shadows yeah. and shapes and design and stuff like that. So that's why I like it. But I, I think it works as a cover too. Not right. all of his Spider-Man covers have worked for me, but this one does. So yeah, right. I'm a big fan. I think maybe I would have liked it a little bit more too. Maybe if the background was a more simple, because it's also shaded the same way, where it's sure. kind of like this, like pointillism almost, and it's it also has a lot of detail. So maybe it's just like. The fact that it's like detailed Spider-Man on top of detailed background. Okay. I don't know. But yeah, I, yeah. again, I didn't hate it, but it's also not my favorite. I, gotcha. I really enjoyed uh, the Amazing Spider-Man cover. Yes, that was actually pretty good. You're right. I'm yeah, pretty, I, I also know. really like the fact that like even the, the title is being sucked up by the tornado. Yes. As he's, you know, spinning around. The the oh. comics code is is tilted. The box right. on, the, on the left is all like messed up. The letters are all askew. Like I thought it was really cool. You know it's funny. I didn't even look. But do you know who drew this cover? No. Walt Simonson. Oh, that's uh, really cool. Are you are you are you familiar with Walt Simonson? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I lo- like in these days when he was on Thor and X Factor. I right. love Walt Simonson. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. So yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good cover. You're right. The Marvel team up cover, not so good. No, uh, <laughs> it, it, we, it's a lot. We didn't even mention well, the Marvel so team wait, up was well, drawn Walt by Simonson Herb also Trudy. did covers for Star Wars, right? Yeah, no, he did interiors as well. Interiors? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't. For some reason, I remember Walt Simonson specifically for the Star Wars covers, because mm-hmm. I thought that there were some really good ones. There's just one with Darth Vader, and he's got his okay. arms out that I always remember. The Falcon okay. is like flying, really. I don't like remember that one. right towards, yeah, right towards the like the reader, and Darth Vader's got his arms out, and he's like using the Force. It's, sure. I, I don't know why that one sticks out to me, but 
that's what I remember Walt Simonson for. Yeah, I know he's a great artist. Yeah. But anyway, so that wraps up this episode of Here Comes the Spider Cast. We had a pretty good month. I would say two out of three this month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe two and a half or maybe one and a half. Which, is, yeah, definitely, which is pretty yeah. good in this era, I find. Yeah. To yeah, have it's, two of three being recommended issues. Right. Yeah. And it's going to get better. Um, next month is another special one for me because Amazing Spider-Man 223 is the third Spider-Man comic I ever, ever Ooh. bought. Yes. So I've read this one a million times as, as well. So I have a lot to say about that. Then for some reason, I skipped like several years before I got another Spider-Man comic. I'm not sure why, but we'll talk about that next time. Okay. But yeah, so that wraps up this episode. Yeah, you can check us over at the Comic Book Syndicate on Facebook and at Comic Syndicate on Twitter. Uh, send us uh, a like and comment on our uh, posts about our videos and our podcast. We'd love to hear what you guys think about the episodes and also the issues we're talking about. We want to hear some feedback feedback from you guys. So uh, that's definitely always welcome. That's right. So until next Monday, this has been Here Comes the Spider Cast. All right. See you then. Ah!